Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the beautiful USA and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu fresh, Frank, two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy, and their hamburger even won the Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. Everybody wants to get in on this. These guys take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, giving you that very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics or hormones. So head to HassleCattleCompany.com, that's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com, and use promo code DNVR10 for 10 percent off your order plus any orders over two hundred dollars get you free shipping again use code dnvr10 check them out today and we promise you will not be disappointed Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNBR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds and opportunities on the website. Before we get into the show, we do need to get our DraftKings pick of the week. AJ, we have uh, the Women's Hockey World Championships going on right now. It's uh, it's the big battle, USA versus Canada. I know you're uh, you're rooting for USA in that household. One of one of few in Winnipeg, I'm sure, rooting for them. Uh, right now, Canada is the underdog on the money line at plus one thirty, though. So you could go that way with it. You could take USA to cover one and a half at plus one ninety five. If you're a betting man, which way are you going? USA. USA. All right. Mm-hmm. To cover and everything, or just on the money line at minus 160. You don't pick against bald eagles and freedom. <laughs> What's wrong with you? All right. All right. All right. We'll, we'll go with Team you think, USA. You think I'm going to pick a, a maple leaf and filthy socialism? <laughs> oh, get out of here. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Starts at 4 p.m. today. So get your bets in quick. USA to cover one and a half on Canada at the World Championships for the women. Minus one and a half. No, not minus one and a half. To cover one and a half. Plus 195. So just about get yourself a good little chunk of change if you bet on America on that one. Exactly right, Dylan. So get on that. You can also you can also get into some fun stuff. They don't have it there, but 
I've seen that they've already started to implement the uh, single game parlays for the NHL coming up next season. So that's going to be fun. You can you can bet on which team is going to win and the under over combined to make a little bit of extra cash. If you got a good feeling that a blowout's coming. So get in on that once the NHL season rolls around. I think we're going to see a lot smaller number of avalanche blowouts this year. Yeah, just strictly based on their competition, I would imagine. Yeah. Although they do get to play Arizona quite a bit still. Yeah. So. Yeah. That'll be interesting. We'll see. Either way, head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Download that top red DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that DNVR code to get amazing odds boosts. If you don't like our pick of the week, you can always uh, bet against us, as as Randy sounds like he's going to do for Canada in the chat here. But uh, Kevin gets it. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Go bankrupt. But, hey, if you win big enough on DraftKings, you can pay for that medical bill. That's right. Uh, must be 21 or older. That's what you're doing. That's, yeah. that's really what a savings account is for in the United States. It's my, to bankroll uh, your health care later yep. in life. Yep. That's all it is. My That's my insurance company is DraftKings. Uh, must be 21 <laughs> or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sports for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. On today's show, we're going to be getting into a little bit more of the future of the abs, who the next star player is. But before that, obviously some big news around the league today. Both Svechnikov and Sean Couturier signing just shy of $8 million deals with the the Carolina Hurricanes and the Philadelphia Flyers, respectively. Um, Couturier dream died real quick. Yeah, that thing is very, very dead. Uh, They were both eight years, if I'm correct. They're identical deals. Yep, literally. They're both eight by seven point seven five. Yeah, I I guess the only as as far as impact is, they're completely the same. Svech has that weird signing bonus this first year, but other than that, yeah, they're the same. Well, and and like Svechnikov's like twenty one, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think he's eight years younger. Yeah. <laughs> So, a little bit of different points in their career, for sure, for sure. But but the contracts are virtually identical. Uh, we we talked about Svechnikov a little bit earlier in the year, where this is the type of contract you expected for him, and the type of contract that says he has to be the guy for Carolina now. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't want to call it a gamble because. Look, I think we both really like Svechnikov. I think he's a very, very good player. But there is no shrinking from the moment for him anymore. He's got to do it every night. <clears throat> yeah, but seven at 7.75, I mean, good Lord, man. <laughs> That's going to be... In a couple years, that could be a steal. If, yeah. if he, well, if he hits the kind of ceiling that certainly I still think exists... Um, and he's and he becomes one of the five best wings in all of hockey. Seven point seven five is <laughs> great deal, man. Yeah, you're. It's <laughs> if if seven point seven five easily pays for the player he has been so far in his career. Mm. Like uh. it, it, it's. I think it's probably a touch expensive. Yeah. Because he hasn't hit like that that special level. It paid for nineteen twenty Svechnikov, but he's also well. He's also been good in the postseason. Each season, he's been good in the postseason. That's true. And it's it's really. I mean, he's just getting to the special part of his career. I mean, he just turned twenty one in March. Yep. Okay, like this dude is. It's just starting for him. Yeah. This is by by the fourth or fifth year. This is going to be one of the absolute best contracts in all of the NHL because he's in his prime. Danny in the chat asking, "Could this impact Burakovsky's deal?" Um, it could. It, the... It's 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 hard, right? Because one, 
the age difference, Burkowski, you're going right. to be UFA years on. Burkowski's entire next contract is a UFA deal. There's no more RFA years left for Burkowski. Yep. They've all been bought. They're all they're over with. To, His next contract will be a pure UFA. And, and that deal is going to be massively influenced by what he does this year. Yeah. Um, Fetch already has a sixty-point season under his belt. Berkey yeah. hasn't even sniffed that number. So yeah, and and Svech, I mean, you knew Svech was going to make more than Berkey. Like that was obviously yeah, going to sure. happen. But it being just seven point seven five should kind of put a ceiling Hit where the Burkowski a little goes. bit. Yeah, because if Burkowski goes out, let's just galaxy brain. If Burkowski goes out and scores 35 goals and has a 75-point season, I don't think he gets $7.5 million in free agency. Yeah, I mean, Landy is, what, two years removed from a 30-goal season, and he got seven flat? Yeah. So. I'm just saying, I don't think, so I don't think that, I don't think it should have too much impact on Burkowski at all. Really, I don't. Well, it, I don't it, think it, that it is. I can't imagine. Certainly, the Avalanche have any interest in signing Berkey to an eight-year deal either. Um, that would be a very large commitment for a, ultimately a guy that plays on your second line. Yeah, I can't see something. Like, yeah, I think Zach is right in the neighborhood with five years at five and a half. I, he's right in that right neighborhood. The the problem is is that there's a long history of guys in his age range, on deals like that, who fall apart. I mean, There's also a long history of those guys getting hella overpaid by somebody in free agency. (laughs) Yeah, and that's part of it. But, I mean, you look at that that disastrous 2016 UFA class. Yeah. You know, those guys, a lot of those guys were good players for a long time. Yep. I mean, Kyle Lopozo and... Uh, Louis Erickson, there were no real signs of decline. That yeah. level of decline, for sure. They'd been good players their career through their careers, and then the meteor hit. And that's that's the fear. That's my fear with Burakovsky. It's that when he hits the wall, right? Well, and to be fair to Berkey, I do think the way he plays is fairly sustainable into his thirties. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we but we always think that you always think that with your guy. Yeah, of course you do. If and, if, if Andre Burakovsky was, I don't know, uh, d- 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 playing on a different team, if Andre Burakovsky was a Chicago Blackhawk right now, mm-hmm. would we be looking at him as a guy that? Oh, hey, the Avs next summer they should definitely give that guy five and a half million. We definitely think he'll age well into his thirties. Uh, would we feel that way? I, I don't it, I it depends, don't know the answer. To again, that. it depends on the term, right? If you talk about three, four years, you get him till he's 30, 31, okay. you feel pretty okay with it, right? You feel great about that, right. but where's the history of UFAs in, that know, are 27 years old? I know. I get it. I do. Signing four-year deals. It's like Paul Stasny, end of list. Yeah. But – and and as you said, even, even with someone like Berkey – if he wakes up one day and one of those skills just doesn't quite cut it anymore, you can see a game fall apart very quickly. Yeah. And that's why I said recently, I think that he could age. I mean, what, just a couple of days ago, I said that I think that he could, uh, he could age kind of the way that Hey Duke did yep. without, you know, obviously without the Hey Duke 50 goal season thrown yeah, in there. Right. That's not going to happen. The, I guess the one big concern too is we know he's had wrist problems already in his career. So yeah, he had wrist and finger problems early in his career, but it hasn't been an issue in Colorado. It hasn't and been. But if he can, if he can get to the last, if he can get to like the Hayduke zone, though for the you know for those those couple of years uh, from 07 to like eleven or twelve, yeah, twenty eleven, where. He was good for 20 goals a year, but he was he was more of like a 40, 50 point guy at that point in his career. That's where he should be. Yep. So um, this wasn't not the direction that I really wanted to go with this. But, but here we oh, are. Yeah. Totally okay. 
because um, <clears throat> it is a there it is a natural question as contracts start to come in and with Burkowski's pending UFA, yeah, you start to <clears throat> you start to look at it and say, what's the impact here? Honestly, I think the Couturier deal has more of an impact on Cadre's next deal. Yeah, because it's like, well, Cadre's not going to come within a moonshot of that contract. Couturier, beyond just the defensive production, has been a near oh, yeah. per game player for the last what four seasons. So, so it's yeah. Not that not that anybody was too overly concerned there, but it's fine. Yeah, it, again, a more extreme version of the Berkey contract where Couturier has has probably lowered the ceiling of Kadri's deal by a good chunk. Um, again, you know, Couturier did sign an eight-year deal, which you'd have to be crazy to sign Kadri to anything more than, like, three or four, I would think. Yeah, I think Kadri's perfectly in line for a four- or five-year deal. Yeah. Five, um, even five, if, tough man. You know, I don't. I mean, it's the NHL. They value centers. Two C's are so hard to find. Even even at his age already, uh, I think it's. I think it's easy. So it takes him to thirty six. I mean, that would some of that would also be number dependent, and of course, yeah, right. You know, if you're paying if he signs, if he, four if he, million a year or whatever, you're like, yeah, if, whatever, but. If he comes back at the four and a half that he's at right now uh, for five years, like how much do you hate that? A lot I, less, yeah. I don't. I don't really know the answer to that, but um, that's because I want to know what he does this year. So that um, unfortunately, we'll kind of the answer for both of them to a certain extent is uh, where also they are right now. In 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 the other the other way that the Couturier deal impacts Kadri is that every center that goes off the board makes Kadri that much more valuable in UFA next year. Yeah. If he ends up being the last one hanging around, you can see Yeah, how, how I mean get desperate, but there was gonna there was a team that was gonna give Gabe Landeskog eight million dollars a year because yep. he was just the top the top forward in free agency. Yep. So that was that was that was the easiest way to get the best player available for just money. So those guys, you know, those guys are always going to get paid, and I think that's where, you know, as we as we said though earlier this week, you look at you when you try and look at next year's UFA class and say, oh, that class has a lot of names in it. This is why you don't take it seriously a year out. Yep, <laughs> those guys, most of those guys aren't going to hit the market. Definitely the case. That's so. Just- how it works every year, basically. Yep. All right. Well, before we get into our main topic, we are brought to you all by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get them down at the DNVR bar, of course, but also check a local liquor store near you for their good company, Hard Seltzer. It's delicious stuff. I really can't recommend it enough. All of the flavors are good. Um, and that that just sums it up. The Some of their like original stuff, it's... I call it dangerous because you basically can't even taste the alcohol in it. That's how good it is. Uh, That's definitely dangerous for people like me that don't really like drinking alcohol very much. Yeah. It's like, if it's like drinking a spicy juice, then, you know, that's where I get in trouble. <laughs> cause it is dangerous. Cause I'll be like, Oh, this is delicious. I don't taste any alcohol in this. Throw a this couple more of these back. Yeah. This isn't miserable at all. Let's roll. So there you go. You need a if you need the casual drinking experience, I think you can still get the uh, the buckets of them down at the bar wow. as well. So you had to drop the c word on me, huh? It's like that. All what right. did I say? The casual drinking experience. Oh yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Thought we were friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I I like drinking casually. <laughs> I don't want to be an alcoholic particularly either. I do like Breckenridge Brew, though. So check them out. Use their Breck Beer Locator online. And then head on over to StravaCraftCoffee.com as well. You can get 25% off with them to use code DNVR25 on your first purchase. If you want to try it before you buy, we have them cold brew down at the bar as well. So 
got you covered with everything at the bar. You get 20% off basically for life with Strava when you sign up for their subscription service already. Uh, no, I'm not an alcoholic as much as the chat likes to think that I'm an alcoholic. But Yeah, it's the the perception versus the reality on Rudo and <laughs> alcohol consumption is... It's a little off, boys. It's, yeah, it's pretty significantly <laughs> incorrect. We've been talking hockey for like 15 minutes, my guy. I don't know what you want. We just spent 15 minutes talking about Svech, Couturier, Burkowski, and Kadri. Uh Yeah, I tuned in, tuned in at the wrong time. Tuned in at the ad break, clearly. Yep. Uh, speaking of which, the bar, go down there, hang out with us, support us a little bit. If you're not going to go down to the bar, get DNVR annual membership, get some of that awesome action, whether it be the free shirt, the big beers at the bar, you can get obviously access to all of our amazing content that AJ, Evan, Wright, All that sorts of stuff. Uh, a bunch of other awesome stuff as well, like the DNVR lounge. So yeah, it's a, it's a good time. Come join us, support us, do that kind of thing. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Getting into the main topic of today, the Colorado Avalanche will have a next star on their hockey team. Obviously, McKinnon, Landeskog, Rantanen, Makar, none of these dudes are expecting to go anywhere. They're still going to be here and be monsters for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. So we've, in the last couple of years, Rantanen has a, signed a six-year deal. Mm-hmm. Makar, six-year deal, and Gerard, a seven-year deal. Yep. Um, after Svechnikov's deal today, I was just kind of wondering, what's next for, who's who's the next guy? Yep. That the abs give them the, an actual long-term deal to. Because I think the centers around the big two prospects that we've been talking about from the 19 draft in uh, Byram and Newhook. Yep. But I think that there's going to be enough in front of each of them that maybe they don't get there. Do you want to start with Byram or Newhook? Yes. Okay. I want to start with Byram. Okay. Um, because I I think I agree with you more on Byram, especially. When you look at the Ev system, especially as it is right now today, Makar's going to be working PP1. Zero doubt about that. Mm-hmm. There's a very good chance that Gerard and Taves continue to work together on PP2. Um, now, I'm sure injuries or just because Byram's playing well, he'll see some rotation into that. But... I think it's a lot harder because, look, let's face it, there's only six defensive spots. And unless they YOLO Byram up with Makar, which could happen, but I don't think it will, at least to start this season, he just doesn't have a ton of runway to use his ELC to earn the the big dollar, the big star contract to work his way up into an everyday top-pairing type of guy this early in his career. Um, and I've... I've been saying this since the second he was drafted. The Avs don't need Bowen Byron to be a star. They need him to be an effective two-way player like Eric Johnson has been for them when he's healthy. So I don't think there's nearly as much urgency there to really push Byram into superstar-level status. He just needs to be a rock-solid guy for them that can play in all situations. So regardless of what they need... Shouldn't they shouldn't they be putting him in a position to just go for it? I, I, look, I mean to be to be he, a he guy that, like every draft, you draft a guy fourth overall. You're thinking that this guy is this guy's going to play on a top pairing for you uh, eventually. Yes, and and look, if he shows up and balls out and becomes a star, great. You give him every opportunity to do that, but you know. He had two points in, what, 19 games last year? Yeah. And you and I would both agree, look, you can obviously see there's underlying skill there to bring that number up easily. But 
he's got to earn it a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Just just based on having Makar, Gerard, and Taves in front of him. It, I don't see how you can really start him higher than the fourth D on the team. And realistically, you're probably attaching him to like an EJ, right? To For him to get a little bit of mentorship back there. Um, maybe I'll be, I'm, I mean, we've talked about, we've roster baited what they, what they start with. They're going to, we know that they're going to go, they're going to, whatever they start with and whatever they finish with, they could ultimately, they they could be the exact same, but I bet it could, I bet there's a lot of experimentation along the way. All I'm saying is no, it's not. No, it's, it's not. Um, Unless it's like he's my bow, <laughs> uh, but like with Byram, yes. If you ask me, will he be a top pairing D for the Abs? My answer would be yes. Will be he be a top pairing D this year? Certainly not every night, and I think probably not for the majority of the season. If only because unless he has a camp that is way above and beyond expectation, I don't see him getting the the minutes to start the season. Okay. It's just what I I see there. And 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 the reality five established veterans surrounding him. It's I mean, it's there's good reason to believe that that's the case. But we've also seen even last year when Byram looked comfortable. Yeah. They put him him next to McCarr. They were willing to let him roll to a certain extent. Yeah. Like they put him next to McCarr in the middle of games and we're like, all right, let's just see how this goes. And it was, it was interesting. I mean, obviously the version of, of uh, Byram that we saw last year, you know, we didn't get to 19 games, just isn't very much of them, but the advanced defensive game yeah. was, I think, the thing that heartens me and makes me think that we might just have another superstar on our hands. That's the thing that teenage defensemen do not look at Rasmus Dahlin. They do not roll into the NHL and play that way defensively. And They push pucks. They do all of that. They get up the ice. They they have highlight reels, right? Byram was awesome defensively, and that's the thing that I didn't expect, and I think caught all everybody else a little bit a, a little bit off guard was was the fact that he just his defensive game was already way more advanced. I thought that he was going to look like that in year three, and he looked like that as a teenager in his first nineteen games. It was so good. You're you're. You're treading on a conversation that we probably don't have the time or want to get into of quantifying superstars that play defensively. Yeah, I mean, look, if if he ends up with Jacob Slavin, as Jacob Slavin, does anybody is anybody upset? No, of course that not. That he's not like an offensive superstar? Does anybody have a problem with that? But, no. But when you're talking about the next star in Colorado... You know, defense first players tend to take a little bit of a back seat. Now, I think both of us believe he has significantly more offense to show than he did last year in his 19 games. But yeah, I feel I feel like what is what was his? It was two points in 19 games. Yep. Just for funsies, that is a, an 82 game pace of eight points. Yeah. Nine, and, if you want to be generous and round and, up. And you saw it. You saw flashes of irregularity where he was making good to great offensive plays that just weren't quite clicking. Mm-hmm. Um, so you 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 can see how there's more there, but uh, the question is where does that ceiling end up on a team, especially where if Makar is healthy, Bowen Byron will never be on PP one. Full stop. Sure. It's it's just reality of of the role that he's going to play, but. Um, I'm not that worried about the concussion because he was, it was not a long-term thing. Yeah. And, I mean, you look at Connor, Tim- Connor Timmons was missed an entire season, and he was totally fine. 
Like, you always worry about the next hit, but Byram, it, it just wasn't, like, he was he was healthy the last month. Yep. They, just, well, and, they just wouldn't play him. And this is a thing, too, where uh, I'm not going to call Byram a super physical player, but he wasn't afraid to hit people in juniors. He understands how to take contact. He has a body yeah. type that takes contact well. He's not a small guy. Yeah. So like this which which is weird because the size police don't ever seem to want to talk about that part. Yep. That like the the their smallest guy is Sam Gerard, who's not physical and is not a physical defenseman and he doesn't play that kind of game at all. The rest of these guys are fine. Yeah. Like both like Hale McCarr has high has a highlight reel of just big hits. Through two seasons, and he would be the other guy under six foot. Otherwise, the rest of these guys—they're just not—they're—they're—they're they're, they're not small. Byram is not a small guy. I mean, he—he he had thirteen hits last year. I'm sorry, he had thirty-three hits last year in nineteen games. And hits aren't a great stat; they're super inconsistent. Not. But it gives you an idea that there was a level of physicality yeah, there. He's clearly not shying away from the contact at very least. Right. If you if if he were to keep up that kind of pace, let's just say just statistically speaking here, if he had that kind of pace across a whole season, he'd have 142 hits in a year. Yep. So I just don't I his physicality is not a problem for me. I think the question, the the big question after 19 games, if we only look at 19 games in the NHL, the biggest question is where is the offense going to come from? But I'm just, I mean, we, you and I watched that guy destroy the WHL. Yep, just for just multiple years on fire, basically. Like. He he became the first defenseman in WHL history to lead the postseason in scoring. This isn't the guy who struggles to produce offense. Yep, he's got to figure out how to do it in the NHL. But it's happening, and it's going to happen. I'm not worried about it. Uh, Kevin asked, "Would it be disappointed if he turned into Adam Pellick? No, but yes, because he's gotten he's shown way more offense in his career. To this point, than what Adam Pellick is putting up with the Islanders, it's it it like if he's that good of a player, you're happy, but you're absolutely a little bit disappointed because Adam Pellick had 14 points last year. This is the thing with Byram is, and and honestly, this will be true of Newhook as well when we get into that conversation. Is they're on a little bit of a clock, right? It well, first of all shows how unbelievably ridiculous it was that Kale McCarr just dropped into this league and was immediately a friggin' god. He was that good. Immediately. Yeah. But the way these ELCs work is Byram has two years left to earn a a star-level contract. Realistically, if he doesn't have a big breakout offensively this year, you're probably looking at a bridge deal for his next contract. I don't know how true that is because this year obviously is going to be important, but next year, you look at 22-23, we think by that point he should be totally solidified in their top four. Mm-hmm. No matter what else happens on the roster, they, he should be a mixture in the mix in that top four. Yep, He should be on power play two next to Sam Gerrard over Devontae's, in my opinion, after a full year. We'll I, think, I, think, I think we... I think Given I don't trust the combination of Johnson and Murray to stay healthy, and those are going to be probably their top two PK guys going into the yeah. season. Denise I think both Byram, yeah. I think both Byram and Taves are going to get chances there, and I think Taves is the safer guy to put there, given that he did so much heavy lifting on the PK already this past season. That taking him off of the second power play unit and putting Byram there is eventually where they get to. I think that's where it's headed. So he might be able to he might be able to steal five to eight power play points per season. You know, sure. when McCarr gets hurt, he could get elevated to that top unit in time. Yeah, I, you well, know, right now Sam Gerard is first in line, but over time we'll see how that any, develops. I don't know. 
anything down the path of of injuries to to Makar, I, it's hard to predict anything there. But but it's just it's. I think Byron will get offensive opportunities, and I think he's just good enough. We've, I mean, <laughs> very tentative last year I, with the puck, and really like twenty-one shots in nineteen games. We know that he's going to find a, a comfort level that he's going to be shooting more than that. For sure. Yeah, where he's going to be a lot more comfortable because he only, he had forty-three shot attempts in those yeah. nineteen games. So it wasn't like there was a, it wasn't super shy, but there were, the, those are skewed a little bit because if you actually get into his game log, you'll see that there are a lot of games where he doesn't do a lot of shooting, if any at all. Um, but he, I don't know, he's, his rookie year was so weird, man. We're talking about 19 games. Yeah. And we're talking about a dude who, if you look at his game log, you look at he has a bunch of shots in his first 10 games. And he doesn't have any hits and very many hits or block shots. And then after that, he stops shooting and he loads up and he three or four hits per game. Yep. In like 15 minutes of ice time. Yeah, it, it's definitely very weird for sure. Um, it's it's the strange it's such a strange usage or such a strange like uh, development of his play as he it was it was almost like he understood I'm going to get more ice time if I'm really good defensively so that's where I'm going to focus. Yep. And just assumed offense has always come to me. I've always been good at this part of it. I'll figure it out. And I think that's why I've got Byram ahead of New Hook as the next star player because he no um, Justin no he is eligible for the Calder again this year. Byram, I mean, less than twenty five games. Yeah, eligible. So he is he is eligible for the Calder this year. Um, I don't, I wouldn't pick him um, because of what we're talking about that opportunity, but. This year, and then you get to the end of next year, man, and I just think... Well, and and I, I agree with you, especially at the end of next year, but my question is, what is his perception going to be? Especially if he has a solid year, but not super breakout this year. Are, is he going to get that long-term deal on one solid year and one very good year if it happens next year? Yes. You think so? Sam Gerard did. Uh, look, if Byron wants to sign for five million forever, I'm all for it. I would do that in a heartbeat. But I mean, if if the Abs rolled in and said, "Hey, we'll give you a seven year deal at five and a half million," if you if you could get Byron to sign that deal today, oh yeah, well, without without without, and he's only got the 19 games played, would you take that deal? Yes, without a doubt. But that's kind of my point. Is I I would expect someone like Byram to say, you know, I want more than that. If I take a bridge, maybe I have an opportunity to earn quite a bit more there, especially because it's going to be two years. If he takes another two year bridge, are you potentially looking at the end of the flat cap? Sure. I just, I mean, where does it, where, where does he get more opportunity in Colorado? I mean, you're talking. They've got a, a what? A Taves' contract ends, and they just let him go. Or like Gerard and Makar here. Yeah, Where's no, his? No. I mean, his opportunity isn't going to drastically change throughout the next five years. That I think. I think all of a sudden his numbers are going to take a huge leap. I think that. I think that this year, I'm expecting 25 points. Yeah, sure. And then next year, I'm expecting 35 points. And I think that that would justify a long-term deal. But if if he gives the kind of defensive play that he had as as a teenager, if he can repeat that, I, I guess uh, I'm not as confident in you in the Avs using him in a top pairing role in the this coming year. I just don't. I don't think Jared Bednar is going to be able to resist. Yeah. 
you know, like I especially because don't get me wrong, I'm all for it. It's just that I don't trust the Avs to do it. It, it, the the other the other thing is is that Taves and Gerard were so good together, and as good as Taves and McCarr were together, finding like using Gerard as the guy that kind of rotates around, we saw had yeah. had a had a ceiling of effectiveness there. Yeah. Not you you know using McCarr as the guy that rotates around, he elevates everybody. But if you could just get Byram there and just drop him in there. And maybe he doesn't justify it immediately, but you let him work into that role. I to me, that's that's the top four. The Europe, your best alignment, your best case alignment for the Avs. If we're going to roster bait this out, is Byram next to McCarr, Taves and Gerard together, and then Murray and Johnson. I, I that's the lineup I would run too. Which again. turns I into just... McDonald and McDermott by the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, and you deal with that, but. I'm just not sure if the Avs are going to be willing to commit to that fast enough or often enough for Byram to really break out in the immediate. With that being said, I think Byram gets there. I think he will be a star. I just don't know if it's as soon as next season. Just saying, defensively. I know. He's, he's insane. but Negative 8% last year. As a 19-year-old. It's, uh, it's insane. But anyway, uh, we do need to, uh, to head on over. When you're, uh, when you're 19 years old, playing in the NHL, hitting dudes, playing, uh, playing defense like that, take some, it takes some manicured balls to be able to pull that off. So I'm sure Byram uses Manscaped. Y'all should too. Uh, head on over to Manscaped, use code DNVR20 to get 20% off when you order. And if you get the perfect package 4.0, you also get free shipping as well. Uh, be sure to hit that up. Get the Lawnmower 4.0 and all of their other amazing products. It also comes with deodorant, uh, toner, uh, some other trimmers as well. So be sure to check all that out. Uh, check out their boxes as well. They're like ridiculously comfortable. So those are. Mm, my wife would like my wife is begging them to make like a sports bra out of that same material because she uses mm. like my boxers as like from them as like workout shorts because they're so comfy. So manscaped, if you're listening, make a sports bra. Apparently I uh, wore, uh, I wore the manscaped boxers the other day. They're very comfortable. There you go. So, Manscaped. You know what to do with that. Uh, check them out. Again, use that DNVR code. Also, hit up Chevalier Mortgage. Both Mike and Virginia have been doing it for a long time here in Colorado. They're diehard sports fans as well. And Mike is a certified financial planner, which AJ said this on a show a couple weeks back. But it kind of blows my mind that, like, why isn't everyone a certified financial planner when it comes to helping you buy homes, right? You would think. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're if you get into uh, if you get into selling homes, it just also seems like the the synergy to, of being a financial planner is like hire me for these dual skills. Yeah, exactly. I'm significantly more prepared for this situation than if you just hire one of each. Yep. Just got you double covered right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hit up Mike and Virginia at dnvrmortgage.com. You can get a free consultation as well as win yourself some free DNVR merch. You can also call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, 1910631. And then head, head over to Green Mountain Dental Group as well. Uh, we know uh, we know we're giving you a bunch of uh, amazing foods and drinks to eat, but you got to be taking care of your teeth as well after you eat them. Jump on it when you get a cleaning, X-ray, and exam with Green Mountain Dental Group. They will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush to make brushing your teeth super easy. Electric toothbrush basically does the work for you in your mouth. So jump on it, get your teeth looking nice and clean. Uh, all right, third period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Alex Newhook. This is an interesting one because I can 100% see why you would put Byram over Newhook as 
the next star in Colorado, despite maybe a little bit tougher of a road of opportunity for him. Um, one, his play in the NHL was uh, much easier to to plug in place, and that's not to take anything away from Newhook. Newhook, Newhook had five points in twelve games, but certainly in the regular season we saw Newhook not really manage to earn much extra time. Um, yes, in the playoffs in Vegas, you know Bednar got a little bit YOLO and put him with the big guns, but significantly small sample size even compared to Byram's 19 games there for Newhook. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, this season could be... It's basically a tale of two stories here, and that's what the Avs are willing to commit to with Newhook. Are they willing to drop him in on the second line and give him a leash to figure it out up there and and be a second-line player in the NHL right away? Or is he going to have to work his way through the bottom six and and figure it out? Now, if he starts in the bottom six, unless he absolutely goes off, it's going to be hard for him to to develop into a star in, in the immediate, certainly. Uh, in the top six, there's no guarantees either. But I think both of us agree he has the potential to be too good to be a 2C on a lot of teams somewhere down the line. Yeah, uh, the guy that I've always compared him to has been Matt Duchesne. Yep. Um, You know, who at his best was a 65-75 point guy. Mm -hmm. Um, You put, if Newhook gets to that level, the abs are monsters. Especially with the defense that they've got in place. They're such a problem. Yep. If Newhook lives up to his potential. You could make the argument that Newhook is more important than Byram. Just because of the guys. Their lack of depth. Yeah. Yeah. Where Newhook hitting as a center is. It changes their future. Yep. Significantly. Um, Whereas if Byram. If Byram is a complete bust, they at least have those guys that they still have. Byram being a star creates a comedy of riches on <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then you start to get into the, what if they get really lucky and Justin Barron is also great. Right, yeah. Hellison becomes a defensive D on your bottom pair, and it's like, yeah. this defense is actually dumb. Yeah. <laughs> what a change, man. I mean, do you remember the... 15 years they yeah. couldn't find a defenseman. Yep. Their number one defenseman for a while was Jan Hayda, man. I he mean, was their best defenseman. <laughs> they had I mean they had they had Eric Johnson in his heyday who was pretty good, yeah, but, but he was, was like, injured, so it was Jan Hayda. <laughs> but it was like it was like it was I mean it was like Eric Johnson and Tyson Tyson Berry and Yeah. And then a bunch, <laughs> of, a bunch of guys, man, after that. Yeah. No, see the Kevin's Kevin is not correct here. If Byram if Byram pans out, it's not time to talk about trading Gerard. That's where you talk about trading Taze. Yeah, if Byram pans out, you lose Taze at the end of this deal and you don't care. Or you that's <laughs> or, that, or you get value, sure, whatever. That's the guy that you move yep. in year four of that deal. Yep. You know. That's the only and that's only if you absolutely have to. Otherwise you just Swim, swim in success. Ride like, it out, yeah. Yeah, you're not in a hurry to do any of that. Um, but it's... You asked Devon Taves if he wants to win more cups than the other Taves at that point. Boy, they got to win one first, man. They got to they gotta get to a conference final first. I, I hear what you're saying, but... So, I'm saying if the... I'm not going down that road again. I, all, I talked all about that shit uh, last year, and it just... All I'm saying is if the Evs do a win a cup... Place then maybe there's something to entice Taves to come back on a decent contract. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially because everybody loves living in Denver. Yeah, that, that's one of the things. We've, we talk about this on the show maybe like once or twice a year, but almost every hockey player that comes here absolutely loves the area. Yeah. They and love living here. They stick around, It's which is so interesting because – 
there are current players who, as soon as the season ends, they bounce. Yep. They get out of here. And it's like, you guys definitely haven't played in other cities. Because yep. you'll see veterans who have been well-traveled in their careers. They get to Denver, and they're like, yep. Just the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, always, I always found that interesting. Um, anyway, not the point. Denver rules. Of course, we would feel that way. Um, but with Neil, so with Neil Hook, I think that it's it's not even so much about where he starts this year. It's about the growth that he shows. Sure. Because there were moments last year, but the thing the thing that really surprised me the most was, and maybe concerned me the most, was how little of an impact he made with his skating because his skating has always been part of his appeal for me. What, what made him so dangerous, what made him so lethal at lower levels was he was such a good skater. And then when he got to the NHL, it just, it never popped for me. I I never saw it as, something that was that he was utilizing and giving him an advantage anywhere. And that's a thing that's supposed to show up on day one. You know, that's a thing. A guy just steps on the ice. He's a really good skater and that's bam. You know, yeah, I, it goes, it, it works. It works really well. Like John Luke Foodie could go, could, could show up. Uh, John Luke Foodie could show up in the NHL tomorrow or or day one of training camp, the first regular season game, whatever. And that's going to be the thing that you notice about him. That's going to be the thing that immediately fits into the NHL. The rest of his game, who knows? But with Newhook, it was just surprising to me that his skating just didn't stand out at all when he was in the NHL. And I guess that was a concern, but it's also kind of gives me some peace of mind because I'm like, that will happen. And when that when that happens, and you haven't seen it yet, and he's functioned. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like when when he gets comfortable, and when he figures out how to make that useful, yeah. um, when that when he gets to weaponize that, if you will, it's gonna it's gonna put him on a different level, and I'm ex- I'm excited for that. There were also a lot of rookie jitters with him. Definitely, there were a lot of little puck fumbles. Yep, a little a little moments where you're just like he's got he's got the nerves. He, he was put. He was put in a tough spot, tough situation. I, I, I think everybody understands that. Yep. Uh, that that it was just he, a lot was asked of him really quickly. Yep. And we'll see. We'll see how this goes. But I'm. I had him above Byram in in our prospect rankings the last time we did yeah, them, and both of those guys ago. were there. Yeah. yeah. And I. I don't know Byram. Byram defensively was so good in the well, NHL. I can't get over it that it was the thing that good. Is, like you're you're talking about two different prospects here because Byram is so solid. It's easy to see him in the lineup every night, given opportunity, given playing time. Because of that, it's just his problem is the people in front of him. Newhook, yeah. there's not nearly as many players in front of him, but yeah. can he be consistent enough to consistently get that opportunity? Or is the Avalanche organization going to be willing to give him enough leash to work through some of the kinks at times? Because make no mistake, there's going to be what the hell is that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a light that changes colors. It's a solar light that's right, just then. sitting on the desk. All right then. Uh, uh, but yeah, with Newhook, there's going to be lulls this season. Expect that. Be prepared for it. It's going to yeah. happen. The question is how. How much is he allowed to work through them in a call it a second line role or whatever? Yeah, well, and wherever he starts, again, it's not so much about where he starts because I think he's just going to continue to move up. Yeah, but the real question is, and Justin kind of touches on it, and that's this comment here. He says, "Start him at three C and maybe move him around." Um, does he get time at center at any point? Because that's where his ceiling is, right? We've always he's been ticketed for two C since the day he was drafted, and it's just a matter of how he gets there. But where where do you get him time at center this season? Do you start him at four C just to get him some center experience, or would you rather him on the left wing on your second line 
to, yeah, to just maximize your I'd, lineup. I'd rather have him on my left wing at the second line, and if he's playing well on the left wing second line, then you start having conversations about how can we get him reps at C. Okay. Because I, I just think there's too much value in having him up the lineup. Now, obviously, if you put him on second line left wing and he plays 15 games and really struggles, then you have to have a conversation. But I think it's too important for the Avs to give him opportunity up the lineup, especially with their lack of a proper answer to the second line wing. Um, you were The center thing, you figure it out as you go. Okay. Get, get the most you can out of New Hook to start. And then, look, injuries are going to happen. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe you want to give him some 3C time if, if Jost is not the guy that he was at the end of last season. That's, I think, one of the other things. We haven't really talked about it much, but if Jost falters, it's that's the spot. It's real easy to drop New Hook in there, yeah. That's the spot, man. Yep. It's right there. Hell, it could be right there with Jost. On the wing with Nijushkin. Yeah. Let Newhook drive the offense there a little bit. There were issues with Kadri last year, so... Yeah, Kadri um, really shriveled on the wing last year. (laughs) Yeah, well, he's never been good on the wing. And I think the little little look-see that Newhook got was just that. Yep. It was, uh, I just want to take a peek at this while I can. Yep. So, it's... That I think that's one of the harder decisions this year is is how do you get new hook center reps that are quality? Four C reps are yes, he's taking the center role, yes, he gets mm-hmm. to take face offs, whatever, but it's it, there's a world of difference between four C and two C. Yeah. I don't I I don't want him at four C, even just to get him any kind of center time. I don't want that. Um, I will say, if that happens... It's fine. Yeah, it's... it's like I'm not going to be the guy on Twitter who's like, this is unacceptable! I just won't like it. It won't... It's not my thing. I don't think that it's a good idea. It's just not as effective as it could be, certainly. It just, it's like, if you want him in center, if you want him to play center, give him the Jost job and have Jost be your 4C. You know Jost will do just fine there. Yep. Um, if you want him, if you want if you want to maximize New Hook, you put him at left wing. Either, either way, this is... Uh, I, it's hard. Man, it's tough. Yeah, it is. I came into this conversation thinking he should be the, the second. He should be your left wing on your second line. I'm still, but there. but I I I now that I'm talking my way through this, I like the idea of putting him at three C and Jost at four C to to see how New Hook does there, and it just to give him some center experience to give him a different look at the game. And especially early in the season, because you know they're going to use the latter half of the season to go for it. They're going to be chasing a division title. They're hoping they're chasing a president's trophy. They're chasing home ice. You know, they're doing all of those things um, that that higher-end NHL teams do. They're not going to be tinkering with, oh, let's try this kid here, that kid there. And I like the idea of putting New Hook as your 3C also because I think that it might help balance some of the offense. Because if you put him next to Nichushkin, and then you put, for right now, let's just say JT Comfer on that right side, I think that there's, I think that's a that's an intriguing group. Because you have a couple of guys who can shoot in Newhook and Comfer, and one guy who just drives the hell out of play. And you have two guys with long long histories of being quality shot suppressors in both Confer and Nuke to kind of help balance I, some of the defensive deficiencies you're going to have with New Hook as a rookie center. I I don't hate the idea of balance that you're talking about here, but I'm just not willing to leave a gaping hole in my top six to do it. And my my thing though, the maybe my my cons, my focus here is not so much 
making the abs the best version of themselves right now. Sure. It's it's getting New Hook prepped to take over Kadri's job in a year. I because if he plays if he plays left wing all year this year and they're all good and well and they're convinced he can slide over and take Kadri's job at center, then he's going to have to go through all of the center growing pains next year. Now, some guys can make that adjustment pretty easily and it may not be a big deal at all. It could just be a thing where he moves over, there are a couple of bumps in the road and by December of 2022, he's completely fine. You know, like he yeah, bam. Sure. Then and and it's not a big deal at all. For some guys though, you don't know how it's going to go. And I'm I'm just sitting here saying this could be a good opportunity to both plan and build for the future while being competitive right now. Again, I I hear what you're saying and I guess I just think they can do a little bit more of both. You can put him at the two left wing job at the start of the season. You can get him reps as a top six player in the NHL. And once he has gotten comfortable there, let's face it, injuries are going to happen or something is going to happen where then you mm-hmm. can start working him in at reps at 3C or 2C or whatever. Uh, and, and you can get him that center experience after the fact once he's gotten comfortable as a top six player in this league. Uh, and look, there are some assumptions here. For all we know, he could show up, start in the top six left wing spot, and look horrible there. And then they have to adjust. But I don't think they need to be hyper aggressive with moving him into the center position. They just need to take advantage of it when the opportunity presents itself. Okay. Yes, especially hmm. given what I've seen from Newhook at the college level. Going back to sea for him will be like coming home. He, I don't think he'll have any trouble with the adjustment beyond the face-off circle, which we've talked about before. But yeah, which I mean, yeah, he gonna get crushed. Yep, just accept that. So you're less worried about the future transition than I am. Correct. Okay, that's fine. Yep. So. Uh, two for one rare occasion where maybe AJ and I disagree a little bit on this show uh, where I, I'm leaning more confidence in Newhook's development in the immediate um, compared to him him leaning on Byram developing into a star over the next year, two years which, look no doubt about it arguing over which player is going to be the abs next <laughs> yeah. star because there's more than one yeah. is a good place to be <laughs> It's pretty funny. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, so I guess final you know, thoughts, yeah. The final, final, final question that I'll have for you, do yeah. either one of them get a long-term contract as their second deal? Um, yeah, I, can I just say yes and not specify? Yeah. Then, yes. I asked, I, think, I asked if either one of them got it, so I yeah, think you one of, I think one of them will get one. I I would be hard pressed to tell you which though. It's just going to depend on results. Okay. I think so too. And I think it's going to be. Both. Byram. <laughs> it could be both too. That's true. I, I just don't like <laughs> want it to be both, but I don't want to commit to that. Like there's a world where new hook has a 25 point season this year and you go, the as really need more than that from him, you know? Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see to a certain extent. But uh, clearly, the Avs are in a good spot at the moment when it comes to the immediate future uh, because we get to do a show like this. So looking forward to to watching the development of, of both Byram and Newhook. And, and who knows down the line what other opportunities might be there for players. Whether, yeah, it's Nick's talking about Martin Kaut here. Maybe uh, Sampo Ranta goes off and finds himself some opportunity. I know AJ's pulling for Foodie to get some games this year, possibly as well if he does come to the AHL. Yeah, I mean, isn't that isn't that the fun the fun answer? Is that yeah. Newhook is your three center and Sampo Ranta is your two left wing? <laughs> there you go. Just totally, totally go with the kids. Yeah, Martin Kaut is is next to Nichushkin and Newhook on your third line. You're all Helm buried. Maltsev buried. <laughs> well, how Maltsev and Comfort is your fourth line? You just oh, like, whatever. Man. Sorry, LOC. 
gotta someone's gotta sit. Yeah. <laughs> Sod. Or you just, or or you just uh, don't play Darren Helm and you put, you know, you have Maltsev, LLC, and Comfort as your fourth line. There you go. You uh, say no old guys allowed. We just got five ten heroic Tuesday, Joey. Yeah, we're not gonna have. I don't know how we're supposed to do any kind of prog tonight with the raid leader. Yeah, I'm I'm gone, so it's gonna be tough to, especially Payne Smith. <laughs> but <coughs> yeah, our two pulls on it was not sufficient enough for us to be like, all right, this is how we do it. <laughs> Yeah, and then I'm also three ten mythic with my other guild, but that's a weird flex, but okay. Yeah, wow. Look at you, big shoots. <laughs> Are you you ten ten mythic out here? You in a top thousand guild? I guess ten ten mythic right now would be like a top two hundred guild, but anyway. Uh we're gonna get out of here for the day. Thank you everyone watching listening however you consume the podcast we appreciate all of y'all a ton uh friday tomorrow i don't know if we'll do something fun or if we'll do a little bit more of a look at the future of the abs we'll see one way or the other well uh, it might be a good day to look around the league people have been asking for us to talk about the the league as a whole sure the problem is is that that's a really generic request and i what exactly do we talk about for an hour do you want to talk about 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 the league so. League, league futures and laugh at Minnesota's 15 million in dead cap for the next couple of years for 45 yeah. million. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then look at their prospects and start to cry because <laughs> their prospects are super dope. Yeah, just because they always draft whoever you like. Yeah, I am definitely biased in that way. <laughs> All right. We are out of here. Appreciate all of y'all. We'll see you again tomorrow at 1.30. Until then, we will talk to you later.